Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 11th, five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, she's seeking $370 million in damages and also to bar Donald Trump from doing business in that state, alleging that his company defrauded banks and insurance companies by inflating the value of Trump's assets. So we're talking about uh, no jury, no victims, and... Uh, it just keeps going on and on and on. They were to do the closing arguments today. Donald Trump's attorney asked to postpone the closing arguments for a couple days because of the death of Melania Trump's mother. He said he wanted to be able to spend time with his wife, but of course, the judge rejected that request. Uh, this this is incredible where we're at in our um, society. So the, Trump is, everybody just get ready. Trump is totally going down. Um, this judge is a maniac that is in charge. Uh, he hates Trump. He is a, a well-known radical leftist. Um, I mean, they might as well just let Biden be the be the the judge. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. So everybody just get ready. Um, they basically let refuse to give Trump a couple days off so that he could go, as you said, be with his the funeral for his mother-in-law. And I mean, this this case is just it is amazing where we're at in this country. The weaponization, we talked about this with Fanny, what you talking about, Willis, down there in Georgia yesterday, that the weaponization of justice, of the law, of the legal system through both, in this case, we were seeing it with judges and, and, and just in this case, attorney generals and down in Georgia, prosecutors alike against Donald Trump. There is no victim. There is no victim. It's a victimless crime. This is not American greed. Where the some, bank wasn't even complaining. Yeah, there's, this is not American greed where there's some 88-year-old grandmother on CNBC talking about how she will forever have to work you know, a, a part-time fast food job to pay for her medication because someone schemed her out of a bunch of money. Everyone got is whole. The banks aren't mad. The lenders aren't mad. The, the, the workers aren't mad. I mean, there's like... Everybody got paid, and yet Trump is forced to go through this based on what? The job of the bank is to verify <laughs> if you say, I mean, every person who's ever gone for a, now, Casey, you're very wealthy, so you may have not ever sure. had to seek a loan. Sure. But for those of us who have had to seek a loan, mm -hmm. if you go, the guy who does the lending application with you will tell you, he'll start asking you, you know, okay, uh, what kind of car do you drive? And you'll tell him, and how many miles? Okay, uh, yeah, you think that uh, you think that might be worth ten grand? Well, I don't know, man. You think it might be worth ten grand? They want to give you the money. It's amazing how when you go to apply for a mortgage, how the approval comes to just what the house was estimated. <laughs> Isn't that wild? They just seem to match sometimes. Uh, they, 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 these, and we, you were talking. We were talking about where you're going for a home loan of some sort or a home equity loan. Don't you think that when you're asking for the amount of money that Donald Trump is asking for, when you're talking about building hotels or casinos or golf courses, I mean, you're talking in some cases hundreds of millions of dollars, that they're just going to go, oh, well, Trump says Mar-a-Lago's Mar worth whatever. Let's write it down there. No, that's their job. Their whole profession is people who that is what they do. That is how they pay their rent and put food on their table as they verify 
and check. And by the way, Donald Trump has a great track record of paying his loans back, so they want to give him money. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that's angry, Casey. Nobody was harmed here. No one. Uh, Letitia James is angry. Of course, she ran on getting Trump, and that's exactly what she's trying to do. One other thing that happened is that the judge blocked uh, Trump from giving his own closing arguments in this case. And Abdul thought, well, that was a good thing for Trump because he might have said something silly. It, it doesn't It doesn't matter. It is the equivalent of if, if, again, if I were on trial and they let Eric Holcomb be the judge. It's. I mean, it's this guy, this is ridiculous. It is, they have turned our judicial system into a, into a joke. I mean, this guy is being... I don't know if prosecuted is the right word. I mean, it's not like he's going to go to prison, but he is he's being rung through the legal ringer. How about that for some legal terminology mm-hmm. over nothing, over nothing? Well, it seems to be working in some areas for Joe Biden, because according to the latest uh, Quinnipiac University poll coming out of Pennsylvania, Biden is polling ahead of Trump. It's a small it's a small victory. Only three points at, at, at this place. Yeah, but there's then there's a poll that came out that shows him way ahead in Mich- Trump, mm-hmm. way ahead in Michigan. In Michigan. These yeah. polls are all over the map right now. Uh I would say if you read the tea leaves, and again, because of the mass mail-in unaccountable voting that is now taking place in Pennsylvania, where they have no idea who gets these ballots, who fills them out, and that's basically now by edict of the court, the law of the land in Pennsylvania against the will of the elected legislature, that Pennsylvania is going to be very difficult. But Michigan looks very promising uh, uh, for Trump. But you, you don't, nobody has any idea right now. Nobody has any idea how, I mean, People should prepare for Donald Trump to be convicted of something. Mm-hmm. That, that people should be prepared for Donald Trump to be running for president, to be have as having been convicted of a crime because they're going to get him on something, and very likely they're going to get him on a bunch of things because they can largely control the legal process. They can control a lot of the stuff with the jury. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. We are totally an un. un- a charted territory and you just have to hope that the american people are able to see through this but who knows anymore who knows casey i'm wondering if the judge felt like uh he was going to turn his closing arguments into a campaign stump and that's why he said no you're not allowed to talk i mean uh, he's well he's forbidding him so what? from talking it's, in his own case yeah, so what he should be able to say whatever he wants to say as long as he didn't threaten to kill the judge or, you know, whatever. Uh, just By the way, yes, thank you, Vic. Vic in the YouTube chat let me know that he has ordered an I Love Rob Kendall shirt at store.hammerandnigel.com, store.hammerandnigel.com, mm-hmm. and it's on the way. So that's uh, very good to hear. Thank you. Yes, that does make me feel better. Um, I just, I, I mean, again, it's no different than what we we started the hour one talking about the Republicans and the Hunter Biden stuff and what a joke and what a bunch of clowns they are. And it's the same thing going on here. This judge is a joke. This attorney general is a joke. People like Fannie Willis are a joke. And pe- American people just sit back and go, oh, this is fine. Yeah. This, this is acceptable. So this judge said he may not seek to introduce new evidence. He may not testify and he may not comment on irrelevant matters. Seems totally fair, Casey. Yeah, it does, right? <laughs> um, he did have a lot to say 
at that Fox News town hall that he had last night. Uh, he said that uh, Joe Biden is a Manchurian candidate. He claimed, you know, that there have been no wars uh, while he was president. Well, he, he doesn't have to. Uh, well, I mean, that's true. That's true. Exactly. Uh, he predicted that the stock market will crash if he is not elected president. He also said that he thinks DeSantis is going to step down. And then, of course, he had to get a, uh, a nod into New Hampshire that they have the highest energy costs. And if they vote for him, he will cut their energy price in half. Which one did you watch last night? Did you watch the debate or did you watch the Trump town hall? I was going back and forth between yeah. the two. I was really bored with the debate yeah. with DeSantis and uh, Nikki who, Haley. Who was, other than the political nerds, who was watching that debate? No, I mean, let's face and it. And that's the thing. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley are two incredibly boring people. It's You've got, uh, and, and both with very irritating voices. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it would be one thing if you said, okay, there's no Trump, and these two are duking it out to be the nominee for president. That would be one thing. You know, maybe take an interest. But at this point, what don't you know about Ron DeSantis and his positions? What don't you know about Nikki Haley and her positions? And who has not made up their mind on Donald Trump. I mean, this just seems like after whatever debate this is, is this four? Is this number four? Yeah. After four of these, mm -hmm. I mean, who who needs any more relevant information in order to be up, able to make up their mind? Because isn't there really two parts of voting in a Republican primary this time? They're the first... I the first thing you have to come to conclusion on is am I a Trump person or not? So that's the first step choice one. you have. Step one, and then step two. If I'm not a Trump person, well, now we're not even two voting yet, and now it's narrowed down. I don't even count Rama Ramaswamy at this point anymore. I mean, he's told us he's not on the ballot in a, like some of these places. He's told his people to go work, look for other work. He's playing out the string. He's not going to get one of the top three in Iowa, so I don't even count him. So now your choice is. It's Trump, Haley, and uh, DeSantis. These are your three. Mm -hmm. These are your three choices at this yep. point. Uh, Donald Trump also said that uh, his ultimate retribution would be success. When they were talking, what is that? What is? Did he say what success is? He also said that he wouldn't support a COVID shutdown. That he's a federalist. But he did support a COVID shutdown. I know, which is an interesting thing to How say. Did, but the, okay, again, to the only Trump people, and I'm very clear on record: if Donald Trump is the nominee, I'll absolutely vote for him. I would uh, vote for that uh, Lysol can over there, over <laughs> over Joe Biden. But. How how do you how are you okay with him saying this when he clearly did the exact opposite, the exact opposite thing? The last time. So how does he get a free pass on this? And why is no one holding him accountable for this? I thought the most interesting comment that Donald Trump made during his town hall is that he said he already knows who he wants to be his vice president. Who would be in the running for a vice president? Well, I can't tell you that, really. I mean, I know who it's going to be. Give us a hint. I'll give you We'll do another show sometime. Well, what about any of the people who you've run against? Would you be open to mending fences with oh, any sure, of them? Oh, I will. I will. I've already started like Christie better. <laughs> Christy, no, Christy for vice president? I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. That would be an upset. Christy for vice president. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to announce... Uh, he played the crowd beautifully. A lot of people are throwing the name Carson around. And, of course, uh, Huckabee 
from uh, Arkansas. Yep. And uh, Christy Nome, Carrie Lake is another name that's being thrown around and even Vivek Ramaswamy. So that's the game that we're moving on to now. Who would he select? Uh, and he is a master at that. And, you know, we say about the, the, the policy and the, you know, the way he's performed or didn't perform during COVID. That's beautiful the way he played that. And he is so... Everyone should study Trump, take a class on Trump in terms of marketing, marketing and charm, mm-hmm. because the one of the reasons it's not the only reason I'm not sure anything there's this, that DeSantis could have done to change some people's minds. But DeSantis is just so he's just unappealing as a person. His record's great. Mm-hmm. The narrative's great. On paper, he's great. But you put him in a room and he's just not. It's the likability factor. And, and sadly, and it doesn't make any sense to me because I've long said I don't need to like any of these politicians. In fact, I don't like most of these politicians. I need them to vote on a way that's going to be beneficial to me and to my family on the side of you know liberty and, and freedom and low taxes and limited government. But Trump is the best at doing that. And that's part of the reason he's, he's still got a stranglehold on the Republican electorate is he's so damn charming. Well, and- When to, he wants to be. To your point- He's very smart when it comes to marketing and getting the message out and moving the conversation forward, uh, because while there was a debate on one channel, he's on the other channel having a town hall meeting. And we're going to get to some of that debate stuff coming up from 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So while there was a town hall with Donald Trump on Fox News, the other channel... CNN, they hosted a debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, 22 minutes after 10, with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And throughout the entire debate, which, Rob, I, I know you were busy doing something else, so you probably didn't watch it live. They just sat there and accused no, you, you, each whoa, other whoa, whoa, of whoa, whoa, lying. Whoa, wait, you could just stop it. You, you, no live necessary. You didn't watch it, period. End of story. I know you didn't watch it Period. last night, uh, but throughout the entire debate, if that's what we're even calling it, uh, they just accused each other of lying nonstop. And I thought it was really interesting at one point, uh, Nikki Haley, her, her Twitter account was tweeting out some things like, Ron, if you can't imagine a campaign, how are you going to manage a country? And I think I hit a nerve. And you were led to believe that she had her phone tucked away somewhere in the podium <laughs> and in between jabs at Ron DeSantis, she was firing up her her ex-account and was blasting out these tweets. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, she's obviously just, I mean, Nikki Haley's a pretty pathetic person, and uh, she's clearly hopped into bed with, you know, all of these establishment donors and lobbyists and special interests, and she's the preferred choice. I think more about Ron DeSantis and what a lonely, what a lonely experience this must be for him, where he knows what the inevitable end is. 
And this is a guy that's never lost a race before. He just came off the last time he was a part of the election process and incredible and resounding victory in a what has up until recently been the ultimate swing state. And he lifted his his co uh, you know, ballot mates with him, people like Marco Rubio, who were thought to be in tight contest, blew their opponents out of the water. And, you know, you you make this choice to get in this race. And, you know, life is a game of expectations. And I think that's true, whether you're a presidential candidate or a construction worker or a garbage man or whatever it might be. Life is a game of expectations. And, in the case of Ron DeSantis, this will be uncharted territory for him because his entire life is exceeding expectations. I mean, he's an Ivy League graduate and he was a distinguished member of the military and uh, he has a beautiful wife and he has three children and he was a, you know, won his U.S. congressional seat and then, you know, wins the governor's race and then overwhelmingly wins again. And so it's, it's totally new. There's no comeback kid moment for Ron DeSantis in his life. He's kind of always been. I mean, the guy played the Little League World Series mm-hmm. for crying out loud. He's always been the golden boy. Much of it has been earned. Some of it is the guy was kind of, you know, straight out of central casting. Yeah. And it's totally uncharted territory to know you're basically on a, you know, the Batan death march here of politics. And yet you can't get out. He can't exit before Iowa. And so it's like, here comes the boom, Mm -hmm. much of it not of your own making. And it'll be very fascinating to see how he recovers from this. So a friend of the show, Billy Dean, country music artist, released a song and it's in support of Ron DeSantis. No kidding. We're going to share it with you later in the show. Oh, He he lives in Florida, so that makes sense. It does make sense that he would support Ron DeSantis. It also makes sense that after spending one night with Kendall and Casey, uh, Billy Dean jumps into politics. Absolutely. And writes this song for Ron DeSantis. It, it was accompanied with a video, and it almost seems like it's a goodbye video from Ron DeSantis. But we'll get we'll get into that later in the show. But last night when Donald Trump was on the town hall, he was predicting that fancy shoes DeSantis will drop out. Of course, that's what he was calling him. But Nikki Haley was the one who was talking about Donald Trump, saying that she wished he was there on the stage. But I'll also say this. This is not a time where you have to have pettiness. I wish Donald Trump was up here on this stage. He's the one that I'm running against. He's the one that I wish would be here. He needs to be defending his record. Right now, he's not defending the fact that he allowed us to have $8 trillion in debt over four years that our kids are never going to forgive us for. The fact that he didn't deal with China when it came to stealing intellectual property. The fact that they gave us COVID. The fact that they've gone and continued to put up Chinese police stations and continue to threaten our military. He didn't do enough to make sure that we were really standing with our friends and doing some other things. What we need is a leader that's not looking at four years and eight years. We need a president that's looking at 20 and 30 years because I want my kids to have a good future. I want them to have one without debt, one where they can read, one with secure borders, one where we have law and order, and one where America is strong. So both Haley and DeSantis said that Trump should have been at the debate and he was definitely the one who won again for not being there. Uh, Jen Psaki, the uh, former White House press secretary, said that Ron DeSantis riffs too heavy on attacks like a desperate word salad. So DeSantis was saying Donald Trump is running to pursue his issues. Nikki Haley is running to pursue her donors issues and that he, Ron DeSantis, is running to pursue 
our issues, our family's issues, and to turn the country around. I appreciated what President Trump did, but let's just be honest. He said he was going to build a wall and have Mexico pay for it. He did not deliver that. He said he was going to drain the swamp. He did not deliver that. He said he was going to hold Hillary accountable, and he let her, let her off the hook. He said he was going to eliminate the debt, and he added $7.8 trillion to the debt. So we need to deliver and get this stuff done. And I think the difference between uh, Nikki Haley and me, you know, I listened to all that litany of stuff. You know, I debated the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. Um, you know, I thought he lied a lot. Uh, man, Nikki Haley may, gives him a run for his money, and she may even be more liberal than Gavin Newsom. Some is. We are in a situation here in Florida, and as Republicans, you need somebody that is going to be in there and fight for you. And Nikki Haley, anytime the going gets tough, anytime people come down, she caves. When you need someone standing and fight for you, don't look for Nikki Haley. You won't be able to find her if you had a search warrant. So they, yeah, they were doing a lot of attacks against one another and against Donald Trump. They actually did get into some policy issues. Ron DeSantis said that uh, if he were president, zero people would get amnesty. And he was also commenting about the border and saying that uh, people coming across the border are single, able-bodied males from China, from African nations, from Central and South America. And if you look at actual just policy, I think most people would agree that it was Ron DeSantis who, quote unquote, won that debate last night. I think he's night. probably won every one of those debates yeah. on policy, but unfortunately, that's not how people vote. Yeah. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. The phone number, if you'd like to contribute with voicemails, is 317-684-8444. Questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever is on your mind. Uh, we'll go through them, and uh, we won't edit, though. It is 1035 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And, Rob, we're going to start off with someone completely agreeing with you and giving you lots of compliments. Oh, how exciting. That got your attention, well, didn't it? Well, there we go. Uh, he says that you are right, except for when you go off the rails, because when you go off the rails, that is a connotation that maybe you're a little crazy. Oh. He calls it that you're just passionate, a good coach, and a good motivator. I feel like you're very passionate mm -hmm. about what it is you do and speak of. You don't just talk a bunch of baloney and like, here we go, and you know, well, okay. No, it's like you're passionate about what you say and the way you deliver it. You want people to hear and you get the point across, and you're good at doing that, period. And it's like another example, and I'll shut up. To be a, I mean, to be a good coach of, of anything – you, in my opinion, you've got to be a great, a great motivator. Some people will listen to you, you know what I mean, take heed of what you say, and, and then follow through with it, you know what I mean? But anyway, keep up the good work. I love your approach, and I know a lot of people in today's world, they, they don't like it, but like if, you, if people could learn to keep their feelings out of the situation and just deal with what directly is involved, be a lot better but peace out love you guys keep up the good work later that's hard to argue with anything he said 
I mean, it's very, it's very hard to argue with anything that he said. It's a love fest. That was Jeremiah, by the way. Uh, look, <laughs> my belief has long been that you are overwhelming pe- amount of people listening to this are adults and are capable of direct talk and uh you can handle hearing the truth and i think that's casey why we're so popular is mm-hmm. we dislike all of these people equally <laughs> okay so the uh speaker of the house mike johnson facing uh some challenges from his own caucus yeah yeah a lot of people not happy with his spending deal with chuck schumer and uh you've long said go ahead Shut the government yes, down. Absolutely. See what happens. Yes. Well, somebody wanted to call and give a comment about that. Yeah, Kendall, I appreciate, I respect your opinion on shutting down the government is a good thing. And for all I know it might be, I'm not a super economics guy. But one thing that you're forgetting, especially this being a general election year, is every time the government shuts down, especially for an appreciable length of time, the majority of Americans, rightly or wrongly, are going to blame the Republicans for it. You lose the House, you'll have you'll lose more in the Senate, and you'll guarantee that the Democrat gets into the White House because, once again, like I said, rightly or wrongly, the Republicans always get the blame. So. <laughs> like, yeah. well, well, why, what do I care? This will be a news flash to some people. I don't like the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Even if they did go through with the deal, it's not going to secure the porter, and it doesn't cut any spending. This is this is the thing. So if we're always worried, and by the way, this is that's categorically untrue. 2013, the Republicans shut the government down. They won the Senate in 2014. That's just untrue. The people are going to blame. The Republicans. You know what people blame the Republicans for? Not doing anything about inflation. Not doing anything about the border. Not doing anything about the Biden crime syndicate. That's what people blame for. If the Republicans go out and tell people, look, we are going to do everything in our power to get inflation under control. And a major driver of inflation is government spending. So, yeah, if the Democrats don't care about the price of food and the price of fuel and the price of clothes and your rent, then I'm sorry, but we do, and we're willing to do what is right in order to make that happen. And the most people don't even know the government is shut down. And when we say government shut, that's a joke anyway, because a whole bunch of the government stays open during a government shutdown. They don't shut the government down because they don't actually care about government spending. They're for it. They being the Republicans are for it. They lie to you. It's so obvious. It's not because they're worried about the economy or the people who work in the government. They don't shut the government down because they like big government. Mm-hmm. They like legalized vote buying. They're the exact same as the Democrats. They just lie to you about it. Um, okay, so uh, the measure failed, by the way, yesterday, 203 to 216, and the speaker ignored questions when he was asked about it and just walked off into his office. Okay, another phone call, different conversation about tattoos. Yesterday, you had commented that are, they're maybe not as prevalent among the younger set as they used to be, and Kat called, and she she wanted to argue with you about that. Hi, this is Pat from Bill calling about the tattoo story you were talking about. Or Rob mentioned that he didn't think tattoos were as prevalent. Um, as a parent of some 30-somethings and 20-somethings, I have to say, my 30-something kids, no tattoos. My 20-something daughter, multiple. And all of her friends who are college graduates, professional, working advanced degree holding kids all have a tattoo or more 
Um, I think, as, and, and Casey's right, they hurt, <laughs> and they're also rather expensive to get a tattoo. So, um, but they are, they're definitely a thing that kids have nowadays. Okay, so my, okay, so I got an email or a email, a social message inbox message. Sure, you got social, a DM. Social media mm-hmm. inbox message. Is that right? You were contacted. Is that how the children say it, Casey? <laughs> Someone slid into your DM. That's there right. It is. Okay, and so this guy said I had, he was one of these people who had a wedding ring tattooed on his finger. Right, rather than have jewelry. Right, mm-hmm. which is a common thing. Like Micah has that. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a common thing for people who don't want to risk losing a wedding ring or whatever. And he said he unfortunately got divorced and he said he had to have the tattoo taken off yeah and he said not only was it much more expensive to get the tattoo removed than the tattoo done he said it really 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 hurt i bet painful so you got to think about that you're gonna get one make sure yeah because <laughs> it's with you forever i, I just gotta feel like look god brought you in one way uh-huh. and that's the way you're intended to be brought in and you know everybody's gonna do what they're gonna do but I just think the permanent things think long and hard because it hurts to get it removed i mean i used to like i used to hang out with some people that had piercings in a Mm -hmm. variety of areas sure and i used to often ponder to myself and kevin i've had this conversation before i used to ponder to myself (laughs) during those periods of my life at some point this person is either A, is going to be of an age where they're A, going to have to have an adult conversation with themselves about why they did that and what they were trying to accomplish, or B, as an older person, mm-hmm. they're going to have to explain that to someone else about why they did that and what they were hoping to accomplish. And now, and I, I wonder, because I was in my early, tw- like early mid-20s when I would think about things like this. Now that I am 40 and I realize those people are also 40s, ish of age i wonder where they're at and if that ever came to fruition mm-hmm. about having to have that conversation with themselves or that conversation with someone else mm-hmm. i often wonder about you know the people who get like the eyebrow piercing mm-hmm. or the nose piercing yeah. you know is how's that going to look when you're 80 when well you're, when you're a grandma are you going to keep that jewelry in there here's the thing though about the eyebrow or the or the nose piercing and i agree with you right i mean but, but that's a i was I was young and rebellious and maybe not making the best decisions. The other sort of piercings, Mm -hmm. there were clear (laughs) goals they wished to accomplish with Uh, those. uh And so I just think that'd be a little bit more difficult conversation Uh to have. All right. uh, One last Uh, phone call before Hammer joins us. So that high school in New York had closed down. They had the students take some remote classes, online learning, because the building was being used to house people who were in this country illegally. And here's a call about that. I was listening to the report about the school in New York City being shut down so the illegals can move in. I would like to have interior and exterior before and after pictures because you know those illegals are going to trash that school and it'll never open again. So again, interior before and after, exterior before and after. Thanks. Bye. Some of the so the. Immigrants had moved out of the school. The students were to return back to the school, and some of the parents were saying they weren't going to send their children back to school because it was not 
Yeah. Clean. All right, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Hammer's going to join us next. We went to the Pacer game last night. I know. And we had some really deep conversations oh, that good. I'd like to discuss with our audience. That's on the way from 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Contest. A lot of America in one picture. That was the post that the two of you made last night. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC with Jason Hammer joining us in the studio. Did you guys have fun? Had a good time last night. Had a dude's night out mm-hmm. with uh, the representative of Brownsburg here. Saw a Pacers win. We bet big on the under and that cashed. And the only thing missing was seeing a bald eagle screech through the field house. <laughs> yeah, and we had a lot of great conversations, as we always do at these ball games. So I thought maybe we'd get a couple of them here with our audience. One, um, we observed some fairly well-assembled women mm-hmm. who were uh, well, clearly they wanted to sit very close to us sure uh walked right past hammer and said aren't you jason hammer oh nice and uh what we, <laughs> what we observed was and this this we got a conversation about this they were they took the selfies together yeah. you know how it works you but guys then, did you guys took a selfie but we don't filter like we are <laughs> what we are mm-hmm. and these women started filtering their photo right because they were sitting at an angle where we could see you know kind of what was on their phone we weren't stalking yeah. but no, I mean, we could see not. what was what not. was going on yeah and they were filtering their photo and it's uh-huh. like you don't look anything like this you're already fine the way you are mm-hmm. What? Why are you doing this? Why do women do this? Hot chicks filtering themselves out because they think they're going to make themselves hotter, even better. But it's a step in the wrong direction. Exactly. Mm. Like it's almost it almost looks like cartoonish. Yes. Like at the end. Thank you. No, but your skin doesn't actually look like this. There's not a glow around you that looks like this. <laughs> You're probably already dating a couple of players anyway. What are you hoping to accomplish? Right. I don't know. Maybe they're just insecure about the way they look, or it's the trendy thing to do. So. Are you somebody that uh, does a ton of filters are you that girl casey uh occasionally i have filters in the past <laughs> then it's fraud you're full of crap it's fraud mm-hmm. you're an attractive woman as it is you don't need to put a bunch of crap on there mm-hmm. because you think it's going to make you even hotter dudes will go the other direction they're going to tell you that that's fraud and it's the wrong thing to do you know what i actually did filter uh a recent picture so much that the dude was like i don't like that that doesn't even look yeah. like you so i've never used the picture it's one thing to further lighten a photo or something you know, like that. It's one thing to, you know, hey, the photo's kind of dark. Let's make Exposure. it light. Yeah. If some dude's in the background scratching his crotch yeah. and you want to, you know, like, <laughs> which you repeatedly pooping behind out. you. Which you, you want to get that out You there. repeatedly tried to do in their photo. Everyone's like, oh man, I didn't get in that photo. Were you photo. trying to photobomb him? <laughs> I was totally going to stand up and act like I was scratching myself. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, one of the other things we got into was who are, because there's been so many, so many passings of great in, uh, uh, of Indiana basketball figures here over the past year. We were looking up at the banners at, at Gainbridge, and we were thinking, like, of Indiana basketball, who is the living Mount Rushmore of Indiana basketball? Living is the key yeah, word living, here, right? right? Because Bobby Slick Leonard has passed away. Uh, McGinnis has passed Bob away. Knight. Bob Knight has passed yeah. away. So uh, we come up with a good three here, right? Right now, I think if you're talking about the living Mount Rushmore of Indiana basketball, yep. Larry Bird. Absolutely. Um, 
We had uh, Reggie Miller. Yep. We had Bobby Plump. Yep. And then that fourth spot, I think it's Steve Alford. I tend to agree and with I you And I know Purdue that. fans are going to be like, rabble, rabble, but hear me out here, and this is the rationale. Um, this was a guy that played in front of the largest high school crowds in the country in Newcastle, Mr. Basketball, national champion on an Olympic team, uh, national champion at IU, and you know his family has a presence in Indiana. The Steve Alford All-American Inn is still up <laughs> near Newcastle, I believe. Uh, so I go Steve Alford as my four of the living Mount Rushmore. The first three seem pretty obvious. I mean, who's going to fight on Reggie Miller? Who, who's going to fight on Larry Bird? And obviously Bobby Plump. They made a whole movie about what he did. Mr. So, Mylan. Yeah, right. who's, who's going to argue on that? But I agree with you. I think that fourth one is totally wide open, and there's a whole bunch of people who could probably stake a stake a claim to that now. So hit us up on social media, uh, the Kendall and Casey show, mm-hmm. or you know, for me at Hammer and Nigel, or my personal at Jason Allen Hammer. Who's the number four? On Somebody that just list? put in the chat, and this is pretty strong. Oscar Robertson. That's oh, a that's pretty a good, good one. one. That's real good. That is true, and you know, that we, is real strong. This will shock you, Casey. We didn't put a lot of thought into it, <laughs> but I thought it was. <laughs> that's a pretty good conversation. Yeah, Oscar Robertson probably goes on the list over Steve. Alford. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's good. All right, uh, at Robin Kendall, at Casey Daniels, three one seven, at Jason Allen Hammer. Uh, what's coming up this afternoon? Well, you are going to come by oh, and yes. just flip out, rip off your shirt like Hulk Hogan in nineteen eighty five, and go. Off the rails, nice. and we'll recap all the uh, conversations on the national level that took place last night. Thank you, Hammer. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Come on with me.